0: hello and thanks for checking out chemistry connections on the hopewell valley student podcasting network a proud partner of hvspn.com where students come together to publish content to share with the world the opinions represented within this episode are those of the content creators only please enjoy the show Welcome to Chemistry Connections. My name is Xavier Park and I'm Brian Shen and we are your hosts for the chemistry of lithium-ion batteries. Today we'll be discussing how lithium-ion batteries work and how their environment affects them.
1: Lithium-ion batteries are used in numerous applications from mobile devices to electric cars. They're currently the highest energy density batteries that are mass-produced. In the past, nickel-metal hydride or lead-acid batteries were common for any application requiring rechargeable batteries.
0: Sounds like we're dealing with some complex topics here, let's explain them in a little more detail in case our listeners are getting overwhelmed.
1: While these batteries might seem complicated, the chemistry behind them is still based on the same concepts of electrochemistry. It's just like an electrochemical cell with an anode and a cathode. Lithium ions travel back and forth between the anode and the cathode as the battery charges and discharges. The cell also consists of an electrolyte solution. This solution is usually a solution of lithium salts and a solvent.
0: Is there any reason why they use lithium ions instead of other elements?
1: Well other than it being in the name, uh, lithium ions are rather small compared to other elements. A lot of lithium can be stored in a small area, which is why lithium ion batteries have such high energy densities compared to lead acid batteries or nickel metal hydride batteries, which are both larger elements.
0: And there's different types of lithium-ion batteries as well, right?
1: Yeah. Um, One well-known type is the lithium iron phosphate batteries. Uh, They're known for extremely high charge and discharge currents due to their pool-based ion storage. They have many more cycles compared to other lithium-ion batteries, um, comparably around 2000 compared to the normal 600 or 500. They're also used in some car batteries since they're able to provide a huge amount of current needed to start a car.
0: They clearly seem quite practical, but one of the most frustrating things is when you go outside on a cold winter day and your phone battery instantly drops 20%.
1: Yeah, why is that?
0: Well, because electrochemical cells rely on chemical reactions to function, it's only natural that the cold weather would hinder their ability to work. What it does is it limits the ability for the forward reactions to take place inside the cell, therefore reducing the amount of electrons transferring from the anode to the cathode. And this means that less energy is being generated. For similar reasons, this is why your phone's battery might seem to be restored when it eventually warms up. Once it reaches a certain point, the chemical reactions start taking place again, and the function of the battery uh, continues.
1: So now that we know that heat can help the battery's function, can heat also be detrimental?
0: Yes, actually. These electrochemical cells are sealed, so they are more or less closed systems in some ways. There are therefore pressures inside the cell. And we know from chemistry that heat introduced into a system tends to increase pressure because particle movement becomes a little more chaotic.
1: Oh, that's a bit concerning, because batteries heat up by themselves during use. That explains why batteries have limits on how much current can flow through them. Usually, higher capacity batteries have higher internal resistance, while high current cells generally have lower internal resistance. When the same amount of current is being drawn from a cell, the cell with a lower internal resistance will generate less heat and see a lower voltage drop.
0: Now, I have to ask, why do you know
1: all of this? I'm interested in lithium ion batteries because I build my own battery packs using 18650 cells. Oh. I've been able to create a battery um, that can store 2.7 kilowatt hours. That's running a 1000 watt load for 2.7 hours. Wow. It's even able to power a fridge for a couple of days. I've also taken apart these cells to find many layers in a cylindrical roll inside of them. Layers? Yes, many layers What actually. kind of layers? So there's usually a copper layer and there's a piece of paper, some wax paper in between, and then a piece of graphite after that. And these layers are laid flat and then they're rolled really tightly into a cylinder and shoved into these cells. So this is the anode and the cathode. And when you first open up one of these cells, it actually gives off this acetone-like smell. That's the solvent that we previously mentioned, as well as the lithium salts that evaporate um, as soon as you open the sealed container, which is a cell. Wow. Well,
0: thank you for explaining that, Brian. That's definitely very interesting and really shows a application of your chemistry knowledge. And thank you for listening to this episode of Chemistry Connections. For more student-ran podcasts and digital content, make sure that you visit www.hvspn.com.